Good morning and welcome to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Jeff Parrott. State Rush reporter Emily Anderson Stern is joining us in the Salt Lake Tribune podcast studio. Emily, thanks for hanging out with us. Of course. If you're listening to Daily Buzz on your favorite podcast app, you won't be able to see Emily and I in person, so go ahead and check out the Salt Lake Tribune homepage and YouTube channel to see this interview in person. Emily, um, let's go back in time a little bit. On the evening of August 3rd, we had a tip about an Instagram post or a series of posts that has really driven your recent reporting about allegations of sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior inside Utah's Democratic Party. The post started, and I'll read it right from a screenshot. My experience working with State Senator Gene Davis and the UDP. And then there's a trigger warning, sexual misconduct. It goes into then a series of allegations against longtime Senator Gene Davis from one of his interns. You talk to that intern. Let's start there. Yeah, so Sonia is a 20-year-old University of Utah student who came on with Gene Davis as an intern during the last legislative session. Um, you know, she talked about in the post how during the legislative session, uh, he would do things like play with her toes and put his arm around her waist. But back then, you know, she just tried to explain it away to herself. Like, this is like a grandpa-like figure. He's just, you know, building rapport with me. Um, and he asked her to come onto his campaign as a campaign staffer when he was running in the Democratic primaries earlier this spring. Um, and, you know, at the time she was like, I don't have a job. I need the money. And so I'm going to go on with his campaign. Inarguably, probably a pretty good position in state politics. So long, running with a longtime senator for a re-election campaign is certainly a way to work at kind of a high level inside the, the state political party. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, then she said the uncomfortable relationship with him continued. There was a time when she was at his house um, taking photos and videos for the campaign. And he looked at her butt and saw that there was dust on it. And um, she went inside his house and he was like, hey, let me get the dust off for you. And she said she said no. Um, and then he came out with a towel and started wiping the dust off, even though she told him no. Um, we actually asked Senator Davis about these allegations, and what he essentially said was, uh, yeah, I remember seeing dust on her bottom, and I got a towel, and I slapped it off. Um, I asked if he'd gotten permission for to do that, and he said, I don't remember anything being said. And Sonia did bring this up internally, right? I think uh, Davis's campaign manager knew about it. I think she was also aware of other allegations that had been kind of publicly brought against Senator Davis. Yeah, um, so that's when she said she really realized that what Senator Davis was doing was inappropriate. When she found out about some prior allegations that had been brought up against the senator um, during an interview he had with a reporter. Um, and I guess they discussed those allegations in a campaign meeting, and she said that the campaign manager brushed those allegations off. That reporting, so a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now, kind of led to some further infighting and some policy discussions inside the party. There appears to be a pretty serious rift between some members of the party's senior leadership and um, other members in the party that want to see Utah Democratic Party doing more for victims or more for individuals that make allegations of sexual assault or sexual misconduct um, against members of the party. Can you kind of explain that rift and what's going on? 
Yeah, so an important thing to understand with this is that Sonia is not the first person to come forward with um, sexual misconduct allegations against Davis. Um, there was Elizabeth Converse a few years back, and we do know that the Salt Lake County Democratic Party was investigating him in the spring for some sort of sexual misconduct this allegations. Spring. Yes, this spring. And we're not exactly clear what those are because the party has a policy that it doesn't reveal any of that information. We do know that, you know, people within the party were aware that there were um, multiple allegations against Davis. So within the party, there are some folks who are saying, hey, like, we are responsible for this happening again because we haven't really done anything to stop it before. Um, and there are other po- folks who are kind of pushing back on that and saying, like, hey, like, we have this anti-harassment policy in place and, you know, we've done what the policy says. Um, and so we're good. Um, we received some emails mm-hmm. at the time um, from, you know, a, the executive committee of the Utah Democratic Party. Um, let me just pull up those emails really quickly to share some You and I both were getting messages from individuals that thought the party wasn't doing enough. And these emails that you're going to talk about show some amount of that frustration, I think. The chair of the party, Diane Lewis, she initially had, there was a link of Sonia's Instagram post that went out um, to the executive committee and some other members of leadership in the party. Um, And Diane Lewis, the chair of the party, responded saying, quote, we have talking points prepared if this gets to the media. Um, not that we're addressing these concerns about Senator Davis, not correct. that there's an active investigation, but we have a plan in place in case this gets leaked to the media. Yeah, exactly. After that, an argument between people like party leadership ensued. Um, some folks were saying, you know, um, they need to be doing more than talking points that... Um, that for example, Katie Adams Anderton, who's the chair of the Utah County Democratic Party, she said, we, UDP, Utah Democratic Party, are just as complacent in this as Senator Davis. We have a historical problem with reprimanding those that commit these offenses. And then, you know, Ann Dent, who's an appointed member of the executive committee, she said, to say we have a historical problem reprimanding those is not correct. It's not accurate. We have spent so much time implementing a harassment policy and following it to a T. And there were emails from other members of the executive committee, but they were all, you know, um, sitting on different sides of the fence. The policy line being that unless an alleged victim makes an official complaint to the party, the party will not initiate an investigation Mm -hmm. until the victim essentially goes public officially, not an Instagram post, not a Facebook post. Not a young staffer talking to a campaign manager about their concerns. None, none of those kind of other ways will start that investigation, correct? That's, that's the state party's stance. But it's interesting yeah. because the day after um, Sonia posted her allegations, the Salt Lake County Democratic Party, which has an anti-harassment policy nearly identical to the state party's, um, their chair came forward and said she would be suspending Davis from all party activities. Um, and, you know, she cited a clause that is in uh, the that is also in the state party's uh, anti-harassment policy saying that she has the power to do that um, if she deems it appropriate. And 
Davis is kind of a lame duck senator at this point, right? He just lost re-election in June to a younger Democrat that ran on some more, you know, like, modern democratic policy issues. Um, he's not long for the state senate. It'll be done in January when the new session starts. Um, but members of the Democratic Party here in Utah are calling for him to either resign or for him to be essentially let go from the party um, ahead of that, you know, five months, six months, five months earlier than when he will officially step down from party duties. Yeah, so the president of the Senate, Stuart Adams, he announced um, after Sonia came forward with her allegations that the Senate would be initiating an independent investigation into his actions. Um, and uh, Senate Minority Leadership came out and said they support that. So did the House Democratic Caucus. Um, and within the state Democratic Party, there are also people pushing back on um, party leadership's response to the harassment. Um, there was a letter that went out what, Wednesday, Wednesday night, night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that talked about, that was sent to the executive committee saying they were calling... Uh, meeting of the central committee, which is like the governing body, the policy-making body of the of the party, um, to call for the suspension of Senator Davis from the party. Do we know when that meeting will happen or if it will happen? Yeah, so it's set to happen August 23rd. Um, and but the party has said uh, that they the people the folks who sent the letter have said that they're hoping that the uh, executive committee will call an emergency meeting even sooner but for now they have a space reserved and a date scheduled for august 23rd and the members of the party that signed that letter were some were not legislators that we recognized but they were they appeared to be more candidates there appeared to be some other democrats that are in the party but it did include eight party chairs right which was more than twice what it would have taken to call a, an inf- or a formal meeting like this, a special meeting like this. Yeah, in the state party's constitution, it says you only need three county party chairs um, to call for it and eight signed, um, including um, Ava Lopez, who's the chair of the Salt Lake County Democratic Party. Um, and, you know, others who signed the letter were heads of different identity caucuses. Um, there were also candidates who are running for the state legislature, but we didn't see any incumbents or any folks who are currently in the legislature who aren't up for re-election. Emma Fetzer was one of the ones that did sign that letter, one of the 55. She's the president of uh, Young Democrats, um, essentially representing the people that do work on these campaigns. Um, I think she had a pretty powerful statement Wednesday night after that letter went public. Yeah, and, you know, I think her perspective is really important here because she, you know, represents a group of the party that Sonia would be included in, the younger folks who are interning in the legislature and who are working on campaigns. Um, And she said, we deserve to exist without fear of harassment. We are not disposable. Um, Enough is enough, you know, so she... She she would like to see some change within the party. I'm looking at your your most recent story um, about that letter, and I think Emma says here: if politicians and political parties want the continued support of young people, then they need to ensure that they are creating safe spaces for us. We deserve to exist without the fear of harassment. Yeah, it's a pretty powerful statement from someone representing 
like you said, the people that are working on these campaigns, the people that are working behind the scenes for these politicians. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And that's it for today. Thank you to videographer and producer Bethany Baker for putting this episode together. Emily, thanks again for joining us. And also a huge shout out to Salt Lake City Band, the Pelicans for our music. We'll be back tomorrow.